Good evening and welcome to Open Air and good evening, Ashwini. Hey, Michael. Ashwini. I have an announcement here to start. Wonderful. Meditation is one of the most effective ways to train the attention to be with present moment experience. Join Sangha for our virtual meditation groups, conference call meditation sessions that take place seven days a week. And for more information about this and other practice opportunities, visit livingcompassion.org. And a few reminders for tonight. If you'd like to get in the queue to talk with Ashwini, please press star six and then one to make a show. And a conversation on one topic, please. In about five minutes is great. Ashwini, unless you have something else to add, I'm ready to get us started here. Let's get started. All right. First caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Oh, hello. This is Carol in California. Hi, Carol. Hey, Carol. Hello. Well... I would like to bring up a subject that I don't know how to flesh it out, but I'll just bring it up. Um, so last week I heard on the the thing in the middle, what are they talking Were they the good news update about recording and listening? And I wrote down a quote. It said, we're trained to ignore ourselves and then feel ignored, feel left out and unloved and then to seek that from someone else. And um, so I've been looking at that because I've been having this sense of outer locus of control. My life seems to be out of control from an inner sense. It seems to be very um, directed by other people or, and I, I don't generally feel very powerful in my life. And um, so I've been looking at that and uh, with regard to this subject of recording and listening. So you've been looking at the sort of, what I hear you say, right, uh, Carol, there are two pieces to, to this. The, the, to this koan, if you will. One is that we're trained to ignore ourselves and seek what we need from other people to be seen, whatever it is that we're seeking. And also, there is a sense of an interior experience of turbulence, of out-of-controlness. And so given those two, you're looking at recording and listening with, with relationship to that. Yes. And what are you seeing? Well, I'm, what I'm seeing is that I, uh, let's see, gosh, I'm sorry, I have COVID and I'm not very clear mentally, but I'm going to, I just really wanted to call in. So what I'm mm-hmm. seeing is um, just a strong uh, pull to, um, uh not to trust myself and to trust other people. Um, and so but it's, really, it's really encouraging on the moments when, they're, when we were doing the right and left hand recording um, and I was able to stay with it long enough to hear um, something that wasn't just like a personality talking and to actually mm-hmm. be able to allow in some of that um, mentoring, mm-hmm. it's very powerful. But it, it apparently I'm going to need a lot of it. Uh huh. So, so during the two-handed recording, there was a deepening, would you say, of the practice of the left hand, where it was just not something that was ego talking or a personality talking, but much more of a mentoring presence. In other words, you were having the experience of being there for yourself against the strong pull of being, uh, of looking 
to the external for that. Yes, yes. Um, and it, it, I guess it just takes a long time sometimes for some of us, but uh, there's a sense of so often like, don't record that. Don't You can't record that. Not only can I not record mm-hmm. it, but I certainly can't listen to it. And then mm-hmm. if I'm able to break through that, which isn't every time, it, mm-hmm. then I, I see something and I guess I'm afraid that I'll, what I'll see is ego. And then it, but then it turns out to be okay because there's a chance to see, oh, okay, well, that's, okay, so there was somebody that was identified at that point. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. And I'm told, well, yeah. it's going to be too much. You can't handle it. But actually, right. when I can actually go past that, it's actually quite freeing to realize, oh, yeah, I can handle it. And it actually was fine. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and Sherry said, that, said it this morning, right? We have to prove it to ourselves. So what we're habituated towards is to listen and to believe that voice that says, don't do the left hand, don't listen. You, what, if, if, you, if you record it, you can't say that on the recorder. If you recorded that, then you know, you're, what you're going to encounter is something so horrible that you can't face it, right? And it does mm-hmm. take mm-hmm. practice to go beyond that. And when we do, we have the experience of being able to switch from the ego identification to the compassion that can witness a human, human incarnation suffering because of what ego is doing to them. Yes. There's so much conditioning to um, not say what's really going on. Well, in life, there's a lot of conditioning for that. Like, oh, no, I'm fine. Everything's, everything's good. Uh-huh. And it, it mm-hmm. seems almost like at some very foundational level, very wrong to ever say, yeah, I'm really struggling or this is, that really, that was painful yeah. or something at a very foundational level. And so um, to actually be, it's taken me a while, I guess, to be able to have the permission to just go, wow, I'm, I'm not, I'm not feeling very grounded or I'm just, I'm feeling really afraid or these kind of things. Mm-hmm. It's so much resistance against doing that. But then to be able mm-hmm. to do it because of all the support and, you know, talking us through the steps of it, um, <clears throat> it, it sometimes does break a hole in it. Yes. Well, yeah, that's so true, right? Carol, it's so true for us for so long. There's that, that we're so deeply conditioned not to say what's going on for me because the good right person thing to do is to suppress what I'm feeling or uh, make sure that I am the way somebody else is, not make, other pers- make someone else feel bad. There's just so much conditioning we have not to say what's going on for me. Right? Don't cry. Mm-hmm. Good people don't mm-hmm. cry. Or don't get angry. Good people don't get angry. <laughs> Whatever the conditioning was for each of us, all we ever got was information not to be authentic in our expression. And so we have to mm-hmm. practice that. We have to learn to do that. Learn, as you said, to get past the censoring, which got created to survive, right? Because I project if I was angry and said or did something, I received a lot of information why that was not okay and probably had consequences, which I had to face for acting out. And so, so there's that uh, sort of defense, right, barriers that we put up and that voice that says, it's not safe, Carol, it's not safe to say what's going on for you. It's going to be terrible what you see there. Don't, don't say what's going on, to you, on for you. And so we have to get past that. That's why... Every movement of that 200 recording is a practice step. And Hmm. it's a practice of transcending ego in every step or the conditioning in every step, right? The the voice that says don't go get to authentic expression and say what's going on for the human incarnation. Don't listen to the Mm -hmm. human being because God knows what you're going to find when you listen to her. Yeah. Yes, as though there's something so terrible. If I even just go a little bit off, you know, center, off the little line, the middle of the road, yeah. you know, um, that just it's going to be so terrible. And oh, I, 
I could say so much more about that. Place, right, Carol? It's the most self-hating yeah. place because who you are is, is, is so wrong, right? There's a complete negation of authenticity. It's what we've been mm-hmm. trained to believe, to train to identify with, not the authenticity that we are, but the negation of the authenticity. Mm-hmm. The negation of the authenticity. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's what self-hate is, isn't it? Yes, yes, exactly. So, yeah, I don't I'm know. so used to identifying with that. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I just was going to say, I don't know what else to say on it, but I just wanted to bring it up. That's probably probably been five minutes already. Mm-hmm. Well... You know, Carol, we, we want to bring it up because it's the best way to get mirrored for, um, for, it's the best way for that authenticity to get mirrored, right? The support, I mean, it's the practice that we're doing in the year long this week, which is the practice of Sangha is the practice of starting at the premise that universe is friendly, that it's supportive. Something we, which is such a bomb to the heart because we live in such a hostile environment when we're surrounded by conditioned mind. Yes. And that two-handed is the befriending, right? It's the movement that assists us to finally step out of the belief that we're, we're so flawed that, that, you know, we were completely abandoned and that's all we're worth, I mean, that's all we deserve to practicing mm. the friendliness that only we could give to ourselves because, I would project, identified in that flawed place, it doesn't matter what gestures of friendship are, are extended because that ego mm-hmm. doesn't want friendship to be your experience. So it mm. might defend, mm-hmm. it might get angry, it might doubt, it, it might reject. There are all kinds of defense mechanisms to keep, it, keep itself in place. Yeah, thank that's really great. I, I think also uh, COVID does something to my thinking and my emotions because they say viruses can bring you, like, depression. And so I've been really like, um, let's do some recording. Um, <laughs> because if I turn up the recorder... And let's call into the radio show, right? Let's yeah, call into right? the radio show. What an act of friendship. <laughs> Right, because otherwise, I, I I just like oh let's back out of this canyon, this mental canyon. Let's just back right out, you know, and just keep it simple, really. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I'm well, glad you could call you. in, especially because, as you said, when we're when we're feeling vulnerable physically, that is the time that ego escalates, and so to bring out the mm-hmm. uh, the big guns of sangha is the wisest thing we could do. Awesome. Well, thank you for being there. Thanks, Carolyn. Feel better soon. Keep us posted, okay? Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks, Carol. Thanks for joining us, Carol. And, Ashwini, I got such a, such a sense of the courage and willingness to care for the human being and call into mm-hmm. Sangha to get support. It's extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's really helpful when, when we call in when we're struggling, right, uh, Michael? Because yes. it's such an invitation of invitation that there's to to express and be reflected about the fact that there's nothing wrong, right? We all struggle. Yes. It's such an act yes. of friendship yeah. to get yeah. to, to reach for support. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, to reach for that song of friendship. Yeah, it's wonderful. And we have another caller here. Next caller, you are now live on the air. And would you please introduce yourself? Yeah, hi, this is Helga in Charleston. Hey, Helga. Hi. Um, Yeah, I called in uh, this morning to the radio show and just didn't get on, so I thought um, uh, I'll try it this evening. Um, And here I am. Mhm. Here you are. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, the, I really, um, I really resonated with this week's assignment. 
um, and Sangha and uh, you know and, and uh, one of the things that came up for me was uh, you know when I um, when I stumbled over Osho and that community um, I was anorexic um, I had gotten anorexic was totally out of the blue I was like 19 years old or something you know I never heard of anorexia Never met anybody that was anorexic. I didn't know how to spell anorexia, but somehow, some part of me knew it. <laughs> and mm. um, you know, and that was um, that. I mean, that totally uh, changed my life. I mean, you know, I had to, I had to stop uh, college. I couldn't go back. You know, I couldn't go to university. I ended up going to India, uh, and, and anyway, ended up uh, in the commune. And um, once I was in the commune, that whole anorexia just went away. Like it never mm-hmm. happened. Uh, I didn't do any therapy particularly about that or anything like that. You know, and looking back at it, it was just, you know, coming from this total place of alienation and... Um, being completely um, hypnotized by this voice in my head that I didn't mm-hmm. understand what it was. Um, like coming home, you know, feeling supported. Uh, for the first time in my life, really felt supported by the people around me. Um, I started learning to love life, and I had so much fun and joy, friendships, lovers. And this whole thing just went away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that to mm-hmm. me is like the first experience of the power of Sangha. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Community. You know, I mean, it's like, I, I, you know, it's... it's it, anyway... Um, it, it, that when I read that, uh, that came back to me, you know. And, and when that whole uh, part of my life was over, um, I kind—I didn't step back right where I was, but you know, it, in some ways it came back. But um, that experience carried me through so much um, of my loneliness that followed, you know. And and now these years, you know, having been with this sangha. You know, I'm really starting to understand things that I just didn't understand then. Um, uh-huh. And one of the things that I saw was, you know, for me at that time, you know, it was this particular group of people, these people, these friendships, uh, and it kind of like stayed in that very uh, confined understanding of that. But it was an experience of, of you know, how powerful Sangha is. Yes, and I project, right, uh, Helga, what you're pointing us to is there is, I mean, we are unconditional love. And we, when we are in an environment that doesn't mirror that for us, in fact, it's the exact opposite, a hostile environment, that's both an exterior, external as well as an interior experience, right? And mm-hmm. so, so, so when we move to an environment that mirrors our heart and draws out our authenticity, then we have that experience. And so, but, but what we realize is that, that if that is conditional, then we don't have it for ourselves. Right. And so what we then have to explore is, is that understanding that you're talking about, which is that experience wasn't because of this group of people. It's, it's, it's that you were in touch with something about who and how you are. That was mirrored for you. Yeah. And yeah. So it's and such it, a, it gave me an important step. Oh, go ahead. Yes, go ahead. an experience of yourself. It gave you an experience of yourself, and then the practice assists you to find that experience without necessarily having mirrors. Right and, and right and you know this is this is what I'm you know finding myself in in this process where I feel. I'm taking it back to myself mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, learning to create that internal environment of mm-hmm. 
friendliness yes. and kindness towards myself. Um, yes. And you know, unfortunately, we don't have. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, just to create, as you said, to create that friendly environment within yourself, because it is within. We just don't realize it, right? And and, right. and fortunately, we don't have to do it by ourselves within quotes because the Buddha did leave us with a Sangha. There was such an understanding that if you don't have somebody to do this with you, then it becomes a really difficult process. So every experience of Sangha is really, really, really helpful to get us in touch with that place within ourselves, that friendliness of spirit that we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, you know, the the um, the reading reminded me of a, of, a, of a poem by David White, and I think I came across it in one of the retreats with you guys. Um, I'm sure you remember it. It's, it's, uh, it's called Everything is Waiting for You. And I remember that. Uh, I remember that because I love that poem so much. It's where it said, you know, put down the weight of your aloneness and ease into the conversation. The kettle is mm-hmm. singing even as it pours you a drink. The cooking mm-hmm. pots have left the arrogant aloofness and seen the good in you at last. All the mm-hmm. first creatures of the world are unutterably themselves. Everything is waiting for mm-hmm. you. And, you know, that, mm-hmm. that, yeah. that, that kind of the, the, the reading of this week, uh, the, the assignment reminded me so much of that. And, you know, that is, that is like a whole nother step, you know, to to see everything around me, not as inanimate objects that, you know, that are here for my use, but um, that I interact with every day. And, you know, it's like, it, it just kind of reminds me that it's like truly not really possible to be lonely. You know, mm-hmm. it's just when I'm That's in true. my head, when I live in my head, mm-hmm. then it's, you know, then I'm very, very lonely. But... The minute I open to the world, it's impossible. <laughs> Precisely. The minute you open to the world, it's impossible. That sense of interconnectedness is just everywhere. It's just what our experience is. It's what, it's what Sherry was saying this morning, right? If you want friendship, if you want to have friends, be friendly. Because yeah. if there's that deprivation inside, the entire world is not friendly. We have to transform into that friendliness for us to be, for us to see everything in the way that you're describing. And so a degree of, of the transformation internally is reflected in how friendly we, we how, how friendly we project, how we project friendliness onto everything around us, right? It's the, if you don't see God yeah. in the next person you meet, where are you going to find God, right? The same quote, yeah. the same process. Yeah. 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 just keep, makes us feel so grateful, right, Helga, that we found a practice that, that helps us discover that friendliness. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, like, always just brings it back to me over and over and over again, you know, that it really is an internal movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and by befriending so. ourselves, we find ourselves as friendly, you know, what we are is friendship friendliness and then that's what we experience with everything every task every object every other person <laughs> yeah yeah and that doesn't yeah, mean yeah. that the world changes right however there are always difficult things but then we find ourselves right. in the spirit of friendship with it not in separation with it yeah you know and i mean i, I was just going to say that you know it's like it's so the, to me the you know the experience that I've had, you know, being, being, being victim of this hostile takeover of ego. And I remember what that felt like, you know, and how alienated I was from everything and everybody. And, mm-hmm. and now feeling like, you know, I'm, I am creating that friendly environment, that internal environment. And the world does look different. And my experience is very different, even though the word has not changed. Yes. Oh my gosh! What a what a what a practice celebration, success for mm-hmm. the practice success celebration. 
Ja. Ja, thank you. Thank you, Helga. Good night. Good night. Thanks for joining us, Helga. And Ashwini, I love that uh, reinforcement that the friendliness is inside of me. And when I'm in touch with that, then really the only thing I can see outside is friendliness also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, homage to the Sangha. <laughs> yes. And we have another caller here. Next caller, you are now live on the air. And would you please introduce yourself? Hi, Ashwini and Michael. It's Margaret in Menlo Park. Hey, Margaret. Hey, Margaret. Hey. Um, well, I was just calling to participate, and in just listening, um, there's just been so much arising that um, I'll, just, I'll just start somewhere with, um, I felt like last week I had this practice um, success around seeing some old karma that, that that had really affected my relationship with recording and listening. And it was uh-huh. basically, yeah, it, it had to do with, I've been just sitting here trying to remember what the wording was, but it was, it was on the order of, um, oh, I don't have anything to say, really don't have anything to record about. And then I realized that the karmic connection was um, there was this thing that happened in my childhood when my parents got divorced. I was three and a half. And I, I, I have, this, have had this distinct and never-ending um, feeling that they loved me very much, but not that there was time for me in their life. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that seemed to be, so it seemed to be like ego had twisted that into you don't have anything to say, basically, about anything. And, uh, and I just saw it. It was just so shocking <laughs> when yeah. I was aware, aware of that, um, uh, the effect of that. Yeah, the reactivity, right? The, the way we yeah. absorb the message is really, really important to see. Because it gets into, it internalized into an identity. And for you, yeah. that was, oh, well, it's almost as if the reason you don't, if I'm, if I'm connecting the dots, Margaret, I don't have anything to say because the global sort of message is there's no time for you, right? So wh- why bother saying, no one's going to listen to you so you don't have anything to say. Right. Including the left hand. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, that just felt really, really life-changing. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, it's, uh, I'm just so grateful to Sangha for, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure that I heard that from someone else, you know, record, um, just responding and, and being on the, one of the radio shows in the last few weeks that, that opened that up for me. Um, so I'm really grateful about that. And I, I've also been noticing another great thing is just over time that having the experience of being aware of the witness that the witness mm-hmm. that I was witnessing everything I just had this one experience of waking up one morning last week and the very first thing on my mind was you saw it all all of it <laughs> I had this particularly identified moments before I went to bed and and in the e- evening and maybe even cranky during the day, I can't remember, but the next morning was like, you saw it all, yippee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you were there. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's proof. There, yeah. There's somebody there, you know. Um, yeah, that was Well, really, that's really proof cool. that there was awareness, right? Not necessarily mm-hmm. somebody there. Well, right, yes. Yes, and that, mm-hmm. I know. And that witness, witnessing... It's really, um, gosh, I, I, yesterday I had this, another amazing, one of those, uh, like opening my eyes, I was, I was trying to cut some roses um, from these amazing, just blooms everywhere in my yard of roses and stuff, and I noticed all the little aphids and other things on one of the roses, and I, 
I just, you know, notice this, okay, I accept you there. You just take that rose and I'm going to be, I'll be over here with this one. <laughs> I'm not going to bother you. <laughs> like, go away. Leave my roses alone. There was nothing, none of that was there either. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it just mm-hmm. feels like that's part of that witnessing my, accept the acceptance within me, mm-hmm. that being there. Yes. Yeah, so examples abound, right? As soon as we move from that place of I'm not worth listening to, which in your case translates into I don't have anything to say, as soon as that Mm -hmm. gets seen as the belief that it is, then there's plenty of time to be present to everything, right? The witness becomes obvious and we could witness we can witness in, in that place of compassionate acceptance, all beings are worth listening to, worth attending to, right? Or worth, maybe it's the wrong word. There you are with the roses, and there's just complete friendliness with the aphids that are on the rose. They're not your roses. They are roses, and there are aphids, and then there's you. And there's perfect <laughs> coexistence possible without that ego voice that says, no time for you. You yes. don't have anything to say. We're not going to listen to anything you have to say, right? Once you drop that, then there's that friendly yeah. spirit that pervades our interactions with everything. Oh, absolutely. And friendliness is just the best, isn't it? I'm, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. I mean, it's such a simple um, clue, right, Margaret, that when I feel yeah. unfriendly, I know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I know how to redirect my attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, for me, all I have to do is walk outside and, and be with what's there, either, you know, just my plants or other people and their dogs or, you know, it's just, it, yeah, well, I'm seeing it that way. <laughs> yes, and that's interesting, right, Margaret, because that's the place that comes naturally to you uh, to, to, to be here for that. And that's why mm-hmm. we practice because wherever that voice says you have nothing to say, that's where we work toward, where we do the practice, where the work is. And it, for you, it sounds like in your recording and listening practice, there's a powerful movement that you're training to make that makes it available in every place, not just in your mm. garden. Right, right. And it pretty much is. I mean, I've been experiencing just so much happiness and joy in the mm-hmm. last few weeks. Just, mm-hmm. just noticing that that's kind of like stopping and yeah, that's what it. Well, that's what's happening right now. <laughs> uh huh. It's yeah. It's pretty um, almost startling <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> that's right. Some, that it is, isn't it? That we never dreamt that was possible. Spring is in the yeah. air, and there's a spring in our step. Mm-hmm. It is. Thank you so much. Thanks, Margaret. <laughs> All right. Gasho. Gasho. Thanks for joining us, Margaret. And uh, spring is in the air. Ashwini, that's great. <laughs> and we have another caller here. Next caller, you are now live in, on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Oh, good evening. Hi, Michael. Hi, Ashwini. It's Todd in uh, Kelowna, British Columbia. Hey, Todd. hey, Todd. I am enjoying a spectacularly gorgeous spring day, evening. <laughs> not a mm-hmm. cloud in the sky, not a, not a breath of wind. It's, it's uh, been a cool spring, and all of a sudden we've got this infusion of summer, so... <laughs> Just really mm-hmm. appreciating it, sitting out on my deck, looking out over over this little acreage. It, it, I haven't been to Squim, but you've got four acres there. And I, I'm on three-acre berry farm, so I, I kind of uh, quickly equate that they're quite similar because I'm out in the country and it's quite quiet, and it feels very monastic. <laughs> it feels like uh-huh. I've been, yeah. you know, gifted a, a little monastic experience here up up in Bruce Columbia. Mm. So, super oh, grateful. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm very, very, um, very, very uh, fortunate and grateful and, and 
to be able to be where I am. But uh, I, I just put myself in the queue, uh, queue practice, and and I was <clears throat> as I was listening to the call tonight, I was uh, it, it reminded me of, of the conversation. I think on one of the calls this morning where um, I'm, I'm, there's been an encouragement by yourself and Sherry for people to participate and put their hand up that normally don't or haven't in a while. And in the last couple of days, there's, there's folks that I haven't um, heard for a while or, or never heard of, which is really, really great. And, and, and one caller said, you know, I didn't have anything to say. And, and Sherry said, well, life always has something to say. Just, just all you have to do is, you know, make that show and uh, see what arises. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, is, and isn't it? Isn't that the truth? Yeah. And how can yeah. life not have anything to say? <laughs> there's so much going on. <laughs> isn't it true? Oh, there's yeah. so much going on. Yeah, yeah, and homage to the song, uh, this week's assignment in the year long. I'm, uh, yeah, I've I've been with this practice a while and uh, have had the incredible opportunities to to go to Murphy's California and visit that uh, the that monastery and hope to get to scrim eventually but um to be in person with sangha is and, and you and sherry have said this that you know eventually hopefully we can all get back together but you know i've been on many many a retreat many uh, a visiting monk program many uh, years retreat and there is something very very special with this practice for sure but being in person with sangha is just another whole level mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. There's something about the the, the privileged and envi- participating in the intimacy of the privileged environment in person. Yeah, that's the next place I was going. Is um, <clears throat> just in the regular world. I'll call it outside the, the monastic experience or outside retreat experience. Is uh, I tried to hold the privileged environment internally and tried to not allow ego to be the, the mouthpiece. But and when I'm um, in retreat or at the monastery and I'm practicing within that privileged environment. That intimacy of not um, letting ego dictate is so wonderful. And having that structure of the schedule is mm-hmm. just, I try to put out a compassionate schedule. I've, I've done that um, workshop that you've offered a couple times, the compassionate scheduling. And I, I try to offer myself the same thing when I'm here um, with um, taking care of the property and taking care of practice opportunities and taking care of this being and doing cooking. Like I go to the kitchen and I have outdoor shoes and indoor shoes. And, and there's a lot of things uh-huh. that I try to replicate because it supports this, this human. Yes. Oh, and what a wonderful practice that is, right, Todd? Because yeah. it, there is, there is a, there's, to me, there's such a mm, diversity of training that is offered in this practice. It's what we were talking about with an earlier caller, right? Mm -hmm. Because the structure of the monastery, it's an embodiment of Bodhidharma and Sangha. That's where the (laughs) teachings are. That's where the the mirroring of the truth is. Those are, are, that's the place, you know, you could feel the the generosity, the kindness. You could feel life there in in essence. And that spirit is so beautifully preserved in this practice and it's it's not just a physical location it's an interior experience because that's what we're in touch with when we're there because it's such a beautiful mirror yeah and so there is a way in which when we come to practice we need structures that mirror our hearts in order (laughs) to have that experience ourselves but what the structure also assists us in recognizing is is it is it is an internal experience and there's a way in which you want to find that experience for yourself unconditionally. Right. And so, so to take what creates, what, what is part of that structure and offer it to yourself so you can have that experience, you can train to have that experience, it's a beautiful practice. It, it, it truly is. It truly is. And, and um, life has set up where there are um, daily activities where I'm accountable and I sign up for things where I like reflect those things where I'm accountable and I offer uh, stewarding, you know, um, services where I'm accountable. And that's really what it is. When we go to the monastery, there's a level of accountability that we don't normally bump up against maybe in the outside world because ego can kind of do what it wants when it wants to do it. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but in the monastery, there's no choice. I mean, if, if, you, if you get a note on the board and it says, you know, go down to the lower garden and start digging a trench, you don't go and, and negotiate that. 
Yeah. You, you know, you yeah. grab your you grab your work clothes and your gloves and your hat and you walk to the lower garden and you start, you know, I'll talk to the supervisor or you start digging a trench. Mm-hmm. I love yes. that. And, that, it and is, that's what it, I... Yes. And that's what I do here That's because, what you were setting up for yourself. Right, because the karma, and I've talked about this a million times. You probably, Sandra's probably tired of hearing me talk about it, but my karma hit all the time is I don't want to, I don't feel like it. But when I have a compassionate mm-hmm. schedule, I get to just run right through that resistance every time. I just run right through it. I just go, no, I've got chickens to take care of. I've got this to do. I've got the garden to do here. I've got the to plow, the driveway, whatever. But that's the same thing at the monastery is the schedule tells us we get to face our karma head on and... Um, it's I love it's not it's not negotiable and I try to bring the same spirit here where I mean certainly there's no one's looking on my shoulder it's only me right yes well it's it, funnily enough it's only you at the monastery also talk I know that's true there <laughs> is no you could sorry you could. there is no self in other look at you're the right thank say, you okay Thank you for yes, that. That's right, true. Uh, it is just me. Yes. I know. Because all we can yes. experience is ourselves. And Sherry said that this morning, and I just love it. It's a big con for me. But all we can ever do is experience, uh, is ex- having the experience of ourselves. That's all we can do. Yeah. So you're right. And so, it is just me. It so, is just me at the moment. You know. <laughs> yes. And so you know that yeah. the, there is a process that allows you to show up no matter how you feel. Thank you. That's and that's the process we tap into outside yeah. of a structure that is holding our hearts for us. Because if you don't yeah. show up for a sit, you'll get a note. But here that's you right. won't get a note. So can you that's still true. tap into the process of showing up? Right. And we prove to ourselves over and over again that we can. Yes. Yes, exactly. And um, yeah, yeah I, I, just, I just love it. And uh, just uh, in closing, I, I was just reflecting on a recent uh, two-handed recording, and and the mentor was offering something to to the right hand, and 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 all of a sudden it just life just said, um, just kind of blossomed into this little um, uh, I don't know a soliloquy about how amazing that this being found a practice that shows one how life works when for ever till practice one didn't know how life works and was horribly miserable and was suffering immensely and came to practice and discovered oh that's how life works it's a process it's it's not content mm-hmm. and living for decades in content and and trying to arrange the pieces to make myself happy which never happened <laughs> and then come to a practice that shows me how life works it, it's just it's it's absolutely mind-boggling that that one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. had this, the, the, yeah. the, the, the good fortune to, to land onto a practice that to show how life works. Like I, I really do get a sense of I know the how of life. And that's why the mm-hmm. suffering has diminished so much because uh, I'm not living in what. I'm living now in how and how is life. The, life, the process of life is how. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And it brings us to a place of tremendous humility. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Yes. Mm-hmm. Incredible yeah. humility. Yeah, that, that yeah. I was befriend that, that that life is friendly and um, yeah. it befriended me, right? And then mm. then I can offer myself in friendship. Because it could have gone the other way. And sometimes it does. Right? <laughs> True. So there we go. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm. You're right. Down on our knees. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So with deep gratitude. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Ashwini. Take care, Todd. Okay, you too. Good night. Thanks for joining us, Todd. And Ashwini, I appreciated all of that. And uh, especially that um, conversation about being accountable and being held accountable and um, having practice commitments and learning how life works and um, how that accountability helps me move beyond I don't want to, I don't feel like because I'm going to do this. I've made a commitment. I'm going to show up yeah. yeah, it's amazing how how um, how important it is to train train that way, because resistance is what everybody encounters with everything, whatever the form of it. Yeah. Yes, it, including yeah. the refusal to believe in in life, the mentor, the friendliness of the universe, and that thou art. <laughs> 
right? In the mm-hmm. face of all the evidence to the contrary. It's like, nope, not me. Yes, yes, exactly. And we have another caller. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, it's Catherine from St. Louis. Hey, Catherine. Hi. Um, I just wanted to call in and say, um, I had an experience that I've had many times in, uh, in practice, and it's, um, I will know, I will see a process. I will, it'll be very clear what is going on, and I can, um, I can even verbalize what's going on. Like I'll tell the guide or I'll talk about it on an RLB call. And, but for some reason, it doesn't really sink in the full impact. Um, and today, I had the experience of, oh my gosh, you know, the light bulb goes off. And the process is, I've been looking at my habit of fantasizing. And um, I, I, my understanding is that Enneotype 4s often fantasize, do the, maybe other Enneotypes too. Um, and I'm a 4. And the fantasies can get really, um, can cause a lot of suffering because... Um, in the fantasies, I'm this um, kind of idealized version of myself. I'm not myself. I'm not Catherine. I'm not who I am. And they've caused a lot of suffering. And I have said over and over, I know I've said this to the guide in conversation, it's an addiction. It's an addiction. I know it's an addiction. It finally dawned on today, on me today, it's an addiction. <laughs> and it's... <laughs> <laughs> it, it it sank in in a way like um, okay it, it's not it's kind of not my fault it's like um, and it uh, it's not something to indulge like an addiction so um, I've had addictions I've I've given up um, I've stopped drinking um, many years ago I've stopped smoking. I know, um, I know how powerful addictions can be, and I've I've overcome them. And I, I don't I don't know. It's just, gosh, I guess I'm I'm feeling like, boy, it takes whatever it takes. You know, sometimes some of us have to be hit over the head by a two by four several times before it don't. Oh, you know, <laughs> that's what it is. So that's kind of the experience I'm having. Right. So there's a way in which we see it differently. But we have yes. to, it's almost like you have to practice and practice and practice and practice and practice till the, the groove of the, of, the, of the suffering process sort of wears away enough that you break away from it mm-hmm. in order to see it completely, right? And I project what, there was a little piece in there that was so important, which you said, it's not my fault. Mm-hmm. And so perhaps that was the piece that, was, that you hadn't seen. That as, that as soon as you get to this place of, well, it's, it's not about me, it's an addiction, it's, it's, it's a process, that's the piece that you saw so clearly that allowed you to go, oh, it's an addiction. And if it's an addiction, I know, I know how to work with addiction. Right, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and it's, it's so just in- that, that place. So we keep saying it, right, Catherine? We can't take it personally. But it mm-hmm. takes a lot not to take it personally. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And, and as I've been looking at this um, I, over the last few months, that um, I've seen how much suffering and misery there is with this process and uh, how it... Um, uh, essentially, uh, there there will be the fantasy. I will go off into a fantasy. I'll f- be pulled into a fantasy, and when I come out of it, um, what's there is a comparison with my life as it is, or 
rather as as conditioning is framing it to be. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. so what conditioning frames it to be doesn't measure up. You know, it's not enough. It's nothing mm-hmm. as exciting as the fantasy, you know, of course. So, um, and I, I've seen this suffering and I've cried over it and I've recorded and listened about it and I've talked about it and gotten guidance about it and I kept wishing, I kept wanting it to be gone. And um, I and I would record and listen, and the mentor would say, um, you know, it's it's on life's time. Life's in charge of this. This is on life's time. We don't have control about this. Let's just keep practicing and keep practicing. And then, you know, in a moment, some it it drops in. It, it's it's just amazing. <laughs> you know, it's like, it is amazing. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> it is amazing. It is truly amazing to be in the to be sufficiently present for the for the thing that cracks the karma open, right? Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't happen if we're not willing to keep looking at it, to keep mm-hmm. practicing with it, to keep going through it. Because that is part of the whole um waving one's fist at the universe, right? Catherine, it's like Wait a second. Why did I get this raw deal? What did I yeah. do to deserve this? It has to be different. Why did you do this to me? Right? It has to. Be, it, this is just not. I'm unhappy. It, it shouldn't work this way. Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then, and then we 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 sort of enter a process of friendliness, as we've been talking about this week, where it's fine. I'm going to be with this human incarnation. I'm going to transform how I relate this content mm-hmm. if I bring the spirit of friendship to it it does transform the whole process it gives me the ability to see it as a process mm-hmm. and not be in opposition to life because that process of um, opposition or separation is not the place from which we could get to friendliness it just won't happen that way mm-hmm. so I have to yeah. keep practicing the movement that it's almost like scales on the piano, right? I have to keep practicing the scales in order to be able to be good at the piece. Mm-hmm. And so I keep making those movements with my recorder over and over again till that, as you said, that piece falls away and there you are. There you mm-hmm. are in friendship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and, see and Yes. That Rumi, Rumi quote, right? Barriers to love fall away and then love is. Mm. Hmm. Well, I, I I'm well, just so, go ahead. Go ahead, Kathy. Well, I was just going to say I'm just so grateful. Yes. Well, because the piece that you also said, right, Kathy, that that I'm being compared. My fantasy about is about the idealized version of me, mm-hmm. or an idealized version of life, and when the when the veil drops, there is actually a coming to the best version of life. And we have to be able to acknowledge that. That requires a a transformation of sight. Mm. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Because the fantasy Mm. is in reaction to the negation, to the self-hate. This is what you could be. It's self-hating. Mm-hmm. And so do we ever have an experience of who we are? No. And we don't want to identify, oh, this, I'm, not, I'm not the Catherine that I am. As a self-hating place, uh, somehow or the other, the idealized Catherine is a better version of the Catherine that you are. Mm-hmm. If that Catherine is also egocentric, karmic conditioning, self-hate. We have to drop into the place of being with life as life is in the form mm-hmm. of the unique expression of who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, yes, it, it's an abandon. It, the fantasies are an abandonment of yes. myself, you know, this human. And, um, and also the idealized version is ego's idealized version. It's right. not Precisely. It's not valid, you know, and yes. so 
It's imaginary. Um, it's yeah, it's fictional. It's totally fictional, but it's, it's not fictional. even. It's 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 ego's idea of what an ideal person would you know, and what does ego know? I mean, you know, it's just like not even not even anything really I want <laughs> authentically. So um, anyway, it's just it's just so good to see it, and I just. I was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. So I wanted to call in and, and say, well, wow. Well, thank you for calling in. <laughs> sure. Yes, wow. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, Catherine. Thanks for joining us, Catherine. And, uh, Shwini, I think we have time for one more caller. We have about five minutes left. How does that sound? Yeah, Shwini? Sounds good, uh, Michael. Sorry. Okay. I don't know why you can't Great. hear me. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hey, Michael and Ashwini, it's Ann calling from the Bay Area. Hey, Ann. Hi, Ann. Hey, hey. Um, I can keep it short. I'm just... Um, I'm just marveling at the gift of practice. It just feels like... Um, Every day, every week, every month, every year, we just go deeper and deeper and deeper. And it just, we just arrive at a, I don't know, a, a um, I don't know, the word that occurs to me is simplicity, clarity and simplicity. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Almost as if we dig into the essence. We're getting down to essentials. Yes, yes. And just, you know, the exquisiteness of... Um, Everything we're offered in practice, um, you know, that every week I just, I'm like, how can it get any better than this? And it always does. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's, um, I just feel so incredibly blessed to be, I mean, since this is the week of the Asanga, I feel so incredibly blessed to have been guided to this Sangha and to have had the willingness to stick with it uh, over the years and just... Um, uh, let's see. Be able to partake in the fruit of the of this practice. It's it, it's just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is truly phenomenal. That that we feel blessed. We feel tremendously grateful. We feel beloved, right? And we feel well, so well taken care of. Yes, yes. And to be able to um, embrace the ups and downs of life in a not from an attitude of mind oh there's something wrong just that oh this isn't this mm-hmm. is now this is next I, I actually responded to one of the peace quotes this week i was like this is my absolute favorite peace quote ever which was from sherry saying we don't have to be okay with what is we we need to be here with what is and i just mm-hmm. loved that and that sense that yes i am adequate to this moment I'm adequate to be here and to receive whatever there is to receive from this moment mm. well uh, you, you know hold mind and because I, I my life too was transformed by that quote because yeah. there's such a level of conditioning about how about I mean we've, we touched on it in the first call I have to be okay with how it is no I don't Right. I have to be here for what it, for how it is. It is such a tremendous and subtle movement that that ego makes when it when it yes. parses practice to I have to be okay with it. Right, which goes to I, I need to get something out of this and I need to do it right in order to get something out of it. You know, you can just see ego born in that. And to be able to be okay with, uh, I mean, to be here with, I mean, I don't know, the words fail me here, but to be here with when the being is not okay with it, and that's perfectly okay not to be okay with it. Yes. Can you just experience yes. that? Yes, there's the fourth noble truth. I mean, the first noble truth. Suffering is. There's a tremendous ability to go with, yeah, I'm suffering. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just get this sense of um, what practice does for us is it, um, it expands our hearts, you know, that we can just, we can contain, you know, at each, with each breath, we can contain more and more and more in, in that circle of compassion. And it just mm-hmm. feels like a miracle to me that, one, that practice exists, and two, that we have the willingness to practice. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. We 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 seem to have a theme going, right, Anne? I mean, that was our last call. That practice exists. That we found that practice, and that we have the willingness to practice. And then, as we do that, the the experience of uh, the authenticity gets deeper and deeper. Yeah, I, sh- I years ago on a retreat in um, in Carmel, I said to Sherry something about you know all I have to do is show up and and and, and watch the miracles happen, and that's my sense. You know that that's still my sense. It's just that I have a much deeper sense of that now. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, it gets, gets more and more miraculous. Yes, yes, yes. So just, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a week of sangha, deep gut show to sangha, deep gut show to everybody who participates, and uh, just such gratitude. Thank you so much. Thanks, Anne. Go happy. Go happy. Thanks for joining us, Anne. And Ashwini, I will add to that uh, gratitude for practice and everything that it has offered me. It's extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And it continues. Yes, what a wonderful way. What a wonderful way to end the show and to get to the next moment of practice. Perfect. Thank you, Ashwini. Go happy. And thank you, everyone, and go happy. <laughs>